God bless you. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson of the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. And this is a snippet from the class that I'm teaching called Homiletics. And in this particular uh, episode, it's just a a brief uh, summary of how to evaluate a sermon. And our students are learning to evaluate sermons um, as they go through this course so that they can be better at communicating God's word. And so please enjoy, um, send your comments, make sure you subscribe, uh, like wherever you're seeing this, follow. Um, if, if you are catching this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you follow, like. Um, that will help me a lot. And if you are able to, please join the team and support. Uh, go to anchor.fm slash Anthony Wilson slash support. Uh, to join our monthly team or go to uh, dollar sign a wilson 2273 to give a one-time gift god bless you and thanks for listening all right so we're gonna get started um so we missed last week. Um, how many just kept reading and went forward? A little bit. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. Speak up. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. A little bit in chapter five, but didn't did not finish it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go through. We'll talk about chapter four, the components of exposition. Um, How many had a chance to do a sermon evaluation over the last two weeks? Ms. Darnell, uh, anybody else? I didn't, but I I was thinking in my mind, did I miss some um, steps for the evaluation? Um, I thought about it, but then I thought, okay, what are the steps? Um, what did we talk about? We were looking at, um, uh, let's see. You wanted the, the 3 a.m. Yes, uh, 3 a.m. statement. And then the forward condition focus and, and uh, and the X, uh, Expository unit. Yes, the expo- right? the expository, expository unit. Expository unit. Yes. Okay, thank you. That should be it, right? It was just those three things. Yep. Are and we so, sharing them? Are we writing them? What's the What's the presentation? Um, you can you can share them. Um, if you jotted it down for yourself, I just wanted to kind of get you in the habit of observing, um, and that's why the three a.m. statement was important because. You know, what is this person talking about? You know, what's their their driving, you know, message? Um, uh, the FCF. You want to learn how to identify the FCF. What is it that, you know, the passage or the preacher is bringing out that connects us, right, to those um, whom he preach, whom they're preaching about or whom wrote the, the letter? So have, And then, you know, last but not least, what is the passage? Because depending on the person, because some people are topical, so they might have multiple passages, right? So, mm-hmm. you you know, but what is their main passage? Um, 
and then we'll kind of go from there. So just so anybody anybody have one to share? Well, I can share mine. Okay. Okay. Um, I did the one that um, um, let's see, uh, Pastor John L. He did a he did a sermon a few weeks ago, and so I just did his. Mm-hmm. And um, so his uh, his SCF was basically pride. Mm. Okay. And um, and so his like his sermon title was thankful for the long road, and what his three a.m. message was that basically we all mess up and allow pride to, to to mess us up as we're going along and be happy that God gives us plenty of time to get ourselves back together again. Sorry to go and doing weird things. Um, you know, because, you know, he talked about how, you know, his own pride had interfered with him getting right before God. Okay, okay. And then the expository unit was... Um, why is this it's ringing on my computer someone's calling me through someone's calling me through Facebook that internet call yeah so that's that um, internet call um, so you guys can hear that right yes uh, I'm sorry I'm sorry but the um, the, uh, the passage is from Daniel Daniel 4 19 through 37 19 through 37 which you know is just basically you know it was after the um after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, after they had, um, you know, made it through the fire, and the king was like, wow, you know, your God is amazing. I'm going to worship your God. And um, and then he turned right around and started talking about, wow, look how good I am. Look at all this stuff, and just messed up. And then how um, God said, well, you know, and sent, um, and sent Daniel in to interpret the king's dream and said, basically, um, you're going to go through a really, really rough time because of your pride. And um, and he kept right on allowing his pride to interfere. And then he ended up all this time, you know, was, was eating grass and uh, and uh, like the oxen and stuff, you know, so that was, and just, just, and so after that time out there, he was like, oh, okay, I guess I need to get back together. So right. that was kind of. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Who else? You know, I haven't. I didn't like write it and break it down, so I, don't, I won't. I don't have all the details. I just wanted to share that. It's interesting, though, that after taking this class, you do listen to sermons differently. Yes. Um, yes. You know, one thing you do try to find the the FCF, and it just, and then you just think not so much. I think before sometimes the focus is more on style. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it's now with the tools and things that we're, we're learning to be able to go you know a little bit deeper and really kind of it's interesting to see them using some of these the things that we're learning so i thought that was pretty cool and and for example and i think it's actually in the uh, next chapter but uh the process of explanation when it talks about um i switched books the second version um, application, illustration, and explanation, and mm-hmm. depending on your audience, which one you use. And so, for example, I, I won't say any names would be recorded, but well, it doesn't matter. But it says like youth, youth pastors use more illustration, right? Than, right, or, right. Like, if you're in a group of professional people, then you might use more of um, uh, not 
not so much application because you explanation. know there's hard and need more explanation, but not less application because the smart professional people want to do that themselves. They don't right. want people telling them what to do. That was like eye-opening thinking that, yeah, you know, you, a lot of you pastors do use a lot of illustrations. And then also talking about, and I think this is the next chapter, but talking about the balance. Like you could be so far into illustration that becomes more like entertainment than, you know, and you lose pieces. So, you know, as I'm reading all of this stuff, it's like, oh, my, I still don't know how you guys do this every week. I, I just don't know how you do this every week. And then thinking all these things you have to remember. And every time I get overwhelmed thinking about all of that and the balance, I just have to remember, and this is the thing that gives me confidence, it's not by my own power, but, you know, I, I have to, you just absolutely, unequivocally have to rely upon the Holy Spirit because you can get so bogged down on all of these things. And, and they're good things to know. I mean, you have to be able to do them, but um, that's my, that's my, my um, go-to. Like, okay, don't get, don't, don't get overwhelmed, Charlie. Don't get overwhelmed. First of all, you don't have to do this every week. <laughs> but uh, don't get overwhelmed, so. It's good stuff. It's And I think what it does is it kind of helps you to, like you said, diagnose what you're looking at, what you're hearing, but also helps you to kind of police yourself a little bit, you know, and I don't think it's always a negative. Sometimes it helps you to understand yourself, right? Because what if you are more heavy illustration? That might be your style. It doesn't make it bad. It just means seek for balance you know um, because it doesn't mean that it's wrong you know it just means that if you do it too much then you lack in these other areas and so you want to try to balance it out so i think it's a good observation that you made and then just seeing how gifted you know you, I, you think of all the, the great preachers that you've listened to and just think how gifted they you know are at doing these things you know and having the right balance of explanation and and illustration when it's appropriate and then really helping you think of the application i mean that's truly a gift that only comes from 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 god and the holy spirit so it's i'm i'm in awe of, this, <laughs> of people who, who do this on on a regular basis so Amen. anybody else have an example that you want to share yeah, I um, did yours, the one oh. that you sent out. So, so, so before I start, though, um, and without giving anything away, mm -hmm. right? Do you remember the one that you sent? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, really quick, can I ask exactly? Um, so, what made you choose those those uh, two verses? Um, was it, was it, it you were just going through session in a series? Or yes. Something? Yes, we were in a series. Yep. We're okay. in a series right, through the book I'll... of Acts, yep. Okay. Because right. those are different <laughs> verses, huh? They, they, you you probably never heard anybody ever bring up those verses before. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I knew, you know, but I wouldn't have, it went, I would never, I was thinking, I would never have chose those, I don't think, you know? <laughs> right. And and I was like, okay, why did he choose that? Because all I have is the one, you know, that you sent, so... But when I was looking at them, there was a couple other ones that were on there from you that were also an act. So I was wondering, I'm more around this time, same time frame. So I was, I was like, maybe it's a series. Yes. And just continued all the way to the end. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Because I was like, what was going through his mind to pick those specifically? <laughs> so, okay. So anyway, um, 
So the one that you sent out was, um, I'm not going to say the first title, I'm going to do the second one because I think the first part is kind of the, the, um, the, the theme. The series, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, your, your title was Rent Me a House in Rome, <laughs> um, which, which kind of threw me too a little bit. I, I was like, hey, I have to listen to the book. It was like, I don't know, 20 minutes, I think it was. And anyway, so you used Acts 28, uh, verses 30 and 31, so the very last two verses in, in Acts. And um, so the theme, if I had it right, um, is uh, basically like pace, patience and perseverance in um, our persecution and suffering, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. being bent. Mm-hmm. Amen. Did yeah. I get that right? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so that was the theme and then I'm a little confused now though on the, the FCF was that I mean I got your gist of what you were saying but I mean was that like I don't know like like um, coveting things or greed or um, I'm, I wasn't too sure what word to pick yeah yeah it was kind of uh, along the lines of both of those is that you know this I would say it was discontentment. Discontentment, okay, all right. Because I know why he was in the house, you know why why Paul was in the house and and what he was doing because basically was he was under house arrest during those two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so and uh, but but they allowed people to come and see him mm-hmm. and he was able to you know minister and and you know uh, uh, and all that stuff and everything. So. I, you know, I was kind of like, okay, well, and then I got what you meant, like what kind of got out of it. But like I said, I mean, you ringed it when you said you were going to ring these these two verses. You really did. <laughs> so um, the the unit, I guess. Um, now is that the the two verses? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. So, I mean, do I need to go into deeper as far as what all of what it meant, what you were trying to say? Or? Um, no, you don't You don't have to. I mean, if, okay. if you like to, <laughs> you can, but um, yeah. Well, I know you were kind of saying, you know, like he was in, okay, so let's see, um, really quick. Yeah, okay, so he was, he was under house arrest. He was um, not able to go out and do anything those two years, but he was able to receive visitors. He was able to still um, minister to others and, and preach the word and everything like that to those who came to him and stuff. Um, and basically, you kind of compared his um, his uh, pers- uh, persecution during, you know, and suffering during that, that time to where he was um, patient and content also um why he served you know served um in spreading the word and the gospel and stuff so it was kind of like a like a um a comparison to um comfort in our calling and um compared to um uh in our assignment compared to us looking beyond that to what we can get, uh, you know, as far as our achievements and stuff, you know. Yeah. So um, I think I kind of got got the gist correct. Yeah, yeah, you 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 nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> you know, I, I I thought that would be a a, a pretty uh, clear one to take a look at, um, and I thought it would be interesting to see what you guys thought of those two verses because 
I had never spoke on those verses before and I had never heard anybody speak on those verses before. Um, so it, it was a challenge for me, but it was also um, very impactful because the goal was to show that Paul could be content and still productive in a situation that was not ideal, that he was really in a tough spot, but he chose his calling. That place was chosen for calling, not comfort. He wasn't there to be, you know, to have all the nice things and he was there to do some work. And so he was going to do that work regardless of, you know, how comfortable it was or not. So yeah, yeah, good. When did you send this out? Um, I don't know, two weeks ago, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was, it was right after, not about, you know, the, the following week's class. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a couple of day after or something like that. So. Yeah. So it was a little, it's a little while ago, so. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to move into this chapter four. Um, and we're going to look at a couple of things here. Um, how many, how many remember your reading? <laughs> uh, cause it's been a little bit. Um, okay. So we're going to kind of get into this just a little bit. And so the goal, um, is the, the first part of this. And uh, it's specifically talking about the goal. What is the goal of preaching? Now, this seems like a very broad question because you would think, you know, well, the goal of preaching, it, you know, that could be a difficult thing. Um, but at the bottom of page 67, in that uh, small paragraph near the end of it, we'll see the answer to that. So if I can get somebody to read that that bottom paragraph on page 67. And then we'll talk about um, his explanation of the goal. What is the goal of preaching? I'll read it. All right, thank you. Expository preachers and the people who sit before them each week are convinced that scripture can be mined to extract God's wisdom and power for daily living. Poor preaching may cause some occasional doubt, but preaching that truly, truly reveals what the Bible means has kept this conviction alive for a hundred generations. Our goal as expository preachers is to keep this faith alive by demonstrating week after week what the Word of God says about the daily concerns we and our listeners face. So, the goal of preaching. Um, what, is, what is his interpretation of the goal? He kind of summarizes it. What did you extract from his, his goal here? In general, I I look at it as as preaching is, is to provide the tools from the Word of God that helps us live our daily lives and the things that we face. Absolutely, absolutely, I think that's spot on. Um, anybody want to add anything to that? I think that is, you know, pretty much the gist of it. Um, because you know, when you're listening to preaching. You're supposed to be um, hearing what thus saith the Lord, what God has to say to us about the life that he's called us to live while we're still here on earth. Um, God doesn't save us and take us directly to heaven. <laughs> so we need guidance and direction. And that's what preaching is supposed to do. 
um, it's supposed to give us um, that guidance so that we can push forward and live this thing out. Okay. Any questions or comments about that? Um, um, on page 68, the first paragraph, the second sentence, it says, they want and need a sermon that demonstrates how the information in the Bible applies to their lives, which is, which is what Charlene just yes, stated. Yes. But sometimes you get, you know, it's been where we've all probably sat somewhere in our life and actually nodded our head because all you really heard was wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and that has happened but but going back to um what he said in the last paragraph on page 67 our goal as expository preachers i think that there's a nugget there because the expository preaching is literally bringing out what god meant and not only that but there is that his power rests in the truth of that context, which will cause us to be drawn and and hear and apply what he's saying to us. I think that's a huge nugget because we could be preaching, not expositorily, and will it really allow the uh, the faith to stay alive? Yeah, yeah. Are are we mining, you know, the yeah. scripture for the gold, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's in it, you know, that is is, is precious, that mm -hmm. will give us, you know, the vital information, um, like you said, to to increase our faith. The Bible says faith comes by comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so, yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Amen. Amen. Uh, so. In fulfilling the purpose of preaching, which outcome is more beneficial and why? And so outcome A, to have the information, or outcome B, application. You need both, but which one is more beneficial and why? <laughs> well, I kind of think for myself, um, I, I would need this a tad bit more for the information because without the information, you can't do the application really. Okay. Anybody else? I also think the, the application, because the information comes and we apply it and it causes transformation. Right. Right, right. Anybody else? Because I think if it's too heavy on information and not enough application, then you're, you're going to lose your people. You know, because they, they're just like, you know, again, like, like Rochelle was talking about that whole wah, wah, wah. You know, that's, there's only so much you can hear of just, this is what the Bible says, this is what the Bible says. It really means, this is what it means to you. Right. This is, this is how... You can use this information to apply it to your life. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? I think one of the things that it says on the bottom of page 72, I think the 
the risk we run by having too much information, if there is such a thing, is that, you know, we run the risk of it being an exegetical threat. Uh-oh. Uh, is that me?